This is a story about an ordinary teddy bear. When he was made, they found something wrong with him and threw him away like a piece of rubbish into an old dark storeroom. Then, from outer space, a spotty man brought him to life with his cosmic dust. He took him to a magic cloud where Mother Nature gave him special powers. That bear became Super Ted. Hello, welcome to Songs in the Key of, a podcast about songs. These might be old songs, new songs or middle-aged songs, anything that takes my fancy really. Sometimes these shows will be themed around an idea, a person, a genre or some other concept. Other times they will simply reflect my latest obsessions, my new favourite bands. Those songs I can't get out of my head. So let's get on with it. Back in the 90s there was a band by the name of Reef who are most famous for a song called Place Your Hands Up from the 1997 album Glow. It was given a bit more of a lift by Chris Evans on TFI Friday when he asked them to rewrite the tune as It's Your Letters for a jingle to introduce the section where the presenter would read out viewers' letters. Which, come to think of it, shows just how far back in time we're talking about here. Place Your Hands Up is all well and good, a raucous indie anthem, a perfect matching of melody with Gary Stringer's gnarly vocals. But its prominence in the listening public's collective mind risked making them come across as one-hit wonders. And that's a shame, because the song I want to talk about by Reef comes from the same album and goes by the name of Consideration. It's a much more thoughtful, restrained affair than the party-pleasing Place Your Hands Up, a big old come-down of a tune complete with gospel choir harmonies, a right old tearjerker. It's all about showing, well, consideration to others. It starts off with lines about kindness not being a sign of weakness, about being mindful of difference, Gary Stringer's voice really straining with the emotion woven into the song. But the absolute highlight is the grand finale of the tune, the big chorus. It's gonna be alright. It's gonna be alright. And it's sung with such life-affirming conviction that you might just believe it. Maybe it is all gonna be alright. I don't think that kindness is a weakness I don't have a problem with compassion Thank you. 
A few years back, Goldfrapp released a beautifully understated album by the name of Tales of Us, each track by one bearing a female name. The second song on the album is, for my money, the absolute best. It's called Annabelle, and it positively shimmers with gorgeousness. It's hushed but uplifting, the tender classical guitar ostinato pattern providing a delicate counterpoint to Alison Goldfrapp's breathy, almost groaning vocals. Taken at face value, the lyrics seem to be about a girl who is dreaming big despite adversity. She is being cheered on by the song's narrator. Nothing that they did will stop you, Annabelle. The land of the lights, tangled hair and porcelain under the stars, you begin. There's something so rich and so sumptuous about it, even if it does sound tinged with sadness. But then you find out what the song is actually about and where it comes from, and it opens a whole new world. The song is inspired by a novel, also called Annabelle, by Kathleen Winter. It's about a child born intersex but raised a boy, Wayne. Wayne may be treated as a boy, or a young man within the tight-knit 1960s Canadian hunting community, but that doesn't stop their female side, Annabelle, coming out. And when you know that, those lyrics become utterly heartbreaking. All the secrets there inside you, they could have let you be both, or you are the truth they denied. It's just so beautiful. When you dream you only dream you and up all the secrets there inside you and up There was a rather gorgeous album released back in 2001 called Thug's Lounge. It was recorded by the husband and wife duo Joe Bartlett and Danny Hagen under the name It's Joe and Danny. 
It's a splendidly ramshackled sounding long player, glorying in the roughness around its edges. Joe Bartlett's voice has a wonderful raspiness to it, while guitars are strummed with more enthusiasm than precision. I absolutely love it. The second song from this, their second album, is called Driven Away, and amidst parping saxophone solos, scraped violins, walk-on-the-wild-side-inspired backing vocals, and clattering drums, the lyrics form something of a gratitude list. A heartfelt appreciation of the morning air, birds, a roof to come home to. In the second verse, doubt creeps in. What if those things disappear or become tarnished somehow? There's no direct answer to those what-ifs. Maybe because those sorts of questions aren't actually worth answering. Instead, Joe Bartlett just sings that first verse again with more vim and vigour. Maybe the morning air, birds and the roof to come home to won't be there forever, but they are here now, in this moment, and that is enough. Clash were undeniably at their very best at the beginning of their career. Their London Calling album from 1979 is often regarded as their career highlight. Its title track is used over pretty much every establishing shot in a film set in the capital as generic images of the Houses of Parliament, a London bus and a pearly king flash across the screen. For me though, the absolute highlight of The Clash's career came right at the beginning, with their debut eponymous record from 1977. It bristles with the anarchy of the new sound that punk still was at that point. There's a frenzy that just isn't found on later albums. It burns with anger about unemployment and racism and general despondency. I would strongly urge you to stop this podcast right now and dig out that album right now. But please do come back to the podcast afterwards. Right, have you done that? Good. So back to where we left off. The best of The Clash may undeniably be found on their first long player, but five years after that first release, they still managed to knock out some decent songs on their album Combat Rock. Arguably, Rock the Caspar and Should I Stay or Should I Go are two of the band's most well-known songs. But another song from that album is the real standout, Know Your Rights, a satirical jab at law and order in the 1980s. Know Your Rights, growls Joe Strummer, all three of them. And he then proceeds to list all three of them. You have the right not to be killed. Murder is a crime unless it was done by a policeman. You have the right to food money. 
providing, of course, you don't mind a little investigation, humiliation, and if you cross your fingers, rehabilitation. And finally, number three, you have the right to free speech, as long as you're not dumb enough to actually try it. This is a public service announcement with guitar! called bonking sessions. That, I am happy to swear on all the Bibles you would have found in Andover Baptist Church, was the full extent of what went on. However that might sound like the introduction to something much darker and much more worrying, there really is very little more to that story, apart from the fact that it was soundtracked by the sound of Was Not Was and their 1992 hit featuring one Kim Bassinger, Shake Your Head, Complete with that lyric, let's go to bed. Oh, how we sniggered. Shake Your Head originally appeared on the 1983 album Born to Laugh at Tornadoes with, of all people, Ozzy Osbourne on guest vocals. It's full of squelchy synths and Ozzy's delivery comes across like he's in a bit of a hurry, to be honest. There's some heavy on the whammy guitar in the instrumentals and overall it sounds like something David Byrne might have briefly considered before he chose to shake his head at it in favour of something else, a little better. The 1992 version, by contrast, is a much tighter affair, with the lyrics to the verse slowed down and actually sung. There's a 90s overhaul of the music with pounding beats and that hypnotising keyboard riff. There's something rather mesmerising about the whole tune, meaning I went for years without actually listening to it, and yet it would still pop into my head with alarming regularity. Lyrically, the song mixes the fantastically preposterously ridiculous with an invitation to forget it all and just go to bed. You can't bounce a square ball, for example. Neither can you sing underwater, drink lava from plastic glasses, or tune a radio to heaven. Never mind, eh? There's always something else we can do. <laughs> 
way back in 2007, I was invited to a gig at Kentish Town's Bullingate to see a band called Data Puddle, and I absolutely loved it. It was no ordinary gig because it came as a visual experience as much as a sonic one. The Bullingate is one of those venues that's put on hundreds and hundreds of Indish bands in their time, but not so many, I assume, would have had their set accompanied with bespoke animations projected onto the background. That's the sort of thing you'd usually expect of bigger bands in much, much bigger venues. I love Data Puddle, and I returned to the album they were promoting back then, Monkey Sky Monkey, with almost alarming regularity. It's a mix of the usual guitars and drums with electronic shenanigans. There's hints in there of Latter-day Blur and maybe a hint of post-OK computer Radiohead as well. The song I've plumped for today is the third track from the album Butcher Boy. It shuffles around with no little languor. It's a rather gloomy tale, what with the talk of decapitated heads floating down rivers and having murder run through my veins. But there's something rather enticing about the tune with its glitchy, crackling sounds, groaning vocals and guitars that sound like springs going off in a jack-in-the-box. You ain't no butcher boy Butcher boy's dead I saw his head float away on a river The river was painted red Sat there with my heels in the water By a spiraling sky Felt my heart sing lower and lower As he went sailing by So don't go getting listens before you realise that Cosmic Rough Riders are not from somewhere on the west coast of America, but actually from Glasgow. The other day, I'd put my phone on shuffle and a song from their 2002 album Pure Escapism wafted its way through my ears. The sound of wind chimes is a gorgeous bit of waltz time psychedelic pop, complete with some gorgeous close harmonies in the vocals department. There's very little to it. It's just a love song to wind chimes. Oddly, you don't actually hear many wind chimes, but you do hear an extended harpsichord solo, which is possibly even better. I love the sound of wind chimes They tinkle in the air
I was recently contacted out of the blue by a chap called Keith Jones asking me to take a listen to his debut single Kangenyan, which he's released under the name Pelidron. As you might imagine from those names, Keith Jones, Kangenyan and Pelidron, Keith is originally from Wales, although as a fan of 80s kids TV, I was delighted to see that while living in Sheffield, Mr Jones was a member of a band called Texas Pete. Kangenyan is a sprawling behemoth of a tune from this one-man band where Jones plays guitar, bass and a variety of drum machines. It meanders around and around for the grand total of 9 minutes 7 seconds, but never feels like it's outstaying its welcome. There's a riff in there that kept reminding me of the theme tune to The Big Breakfast, but then that happens with the Crystal song and then he kissed me as well, so Pelodron's in good company here. There are glitchy electronics on here, swampy guitars and gorgeous hooks. If you're in need of something long and winding to chill out to, this is just the ticket. think about it, the more I realise that some of my best memories as a music fan are based in that three year period when I was studying at university. A bit of me worries that I might be in danger of wanging on about my time at Lancaster just a little bit too much on these podcasts, but then again I've come to the conclusion, my gaff, my rules. I've spoken before, of course I have, about the magic of discovering vinyl exchange in Manchester 
the joy of wading through a seemingly endless supply of obscure UK indie, which would probably never get tiring. On my first trip to Vinyl Exchange back in 2000, I managed to pick up a bucket full of albums that I still have a great deal of affection for, one such album being Rubbernecking by a long-forgotten band called Elka. To be honest, Long Forgotten is probably overselling their prominence, as it suggests that people, any people, were aware of them on any level in the first place, which, to be honest, they probably weren't. Which is a shame, because I absolutely love this album. There's a bombast to the whole record. I have absolutely no idea what they look like when performing, but I've always pictured the lead singer, the brazenly surnameless Harold, strutting his way around in a top hat and bright red tails of a circus ringmaster, trapeze acts and jugglers in the background. There's that level of flamboyant showmanship to the whole album that demands your attention. Even the album cover boasts someone surfing on the back of an alligator. So the fact they didn't get any of that attention is a huge shame. By way of celebrating this band that could have been, I'm going to play you a snippet of Statuesque, which is a perfect example of the level of musical spectacle that struts its way across the whole of rubbernecking. It's got it all, throbbing beats, parping brass and self-assured vocals. There's nothing particularly complicated about the guitar parts, but there's a weight to them that sets the whole tune up with a magnificent level of confidence and assertion. This is the work of a band that sounds like they're going places. It's just a pity that they didn't. Tell me, would you detain us? Well, 
In 2003, Kraftwerk released their first album in 17 years. Previous subject matter had included motorways and train travel, so perhaps it shouldn't have been a great surprise that this new album embraced a travelling theme, in this case, cycling. It was called Tour de France, and it's bloody brilliant. As you'd kind of hope from an album dedicated to a bunch of people moving as fast as they can on two wheels, there's a furious sense of momentum throughout the album. One of my favourite tracks from the record is Chrono. There's a kind of fluidity to the album, so if you're not keeping your eye on the change of track titles, you might just think you're listening to one long piece. But for me, Chrono is where a load of the really interesting stuff really gets going. There's a great deal of playfulness with a synth effect that sounds like an old school church pipe organ doing things you probably wouldn't expect to emanate from St. Luke's in Lower Micklington on a Sunday morning. It shimmers and ripples and wanders around from speaker to speaker with a sense of unearthliness. Maybe this is the kind of thing little green men jam to. It's all laden with heavy, precise beats that underline the sense of high-speed propulsion of hundreds of cyclists in a rainbow of jerseys. It's one of those tracks that earphones were designed for, and it goes something like this. like them let me know what you thought by replying to the post for this episode on instagram i'll be back sooner or later with songs in the key of something or other else soon in the meantime have a marvelous few days and nights till we meet again Music.